Author's Note Welcome to the darker side of the forest, where things are saturated and stars can be seen during the day. Don't get lost. Disclaimer This poem is not about anyone, especially the one that is convinced that the poetry I post isn't months old from my Tumblr and is therefore horribly outdated. I am no longer wasting my time dwelling on the very dark aspects of my past. Now we commence the walk. Chapter One The Boy That Drove Me Mad I sat and spoke to a dear old friend, a friend I wish I had. He spoke to me with words like knives and said that love may drive you mad. After all, we're not all sane and we all want those we wish we had. And I wanted no one more than the boy to blame, the boy that drove me mad. We both had scars that matched like cards and his wounds also painfully sad. He forced the ghosts back into the dark, the boy that drove me mad. He showed me a love as pure as spring. It comforted my soul also oh glad. My soul opened the door and started to sing for the one that drove me mad. And there was a reason that some time ago, the one I wish I had began to stab my spine each day, the boy that drove me mad. So the scars and pains and cries that came, they danced right onto my sketch pad. They drew quick thorns upon my skin and the monsters grew so glad. The monsters danced into the night and clung to the arm of my lad, who at present made my entire heart, but was the boy that drove me mad. He snatched my soul and gave it to them and wrapped it up in fake plaid. But my blood was stronger than all manner of bloods and the past had been quite a cad. Mine bled better than them and stronger than some, including the boy that drove me so mad. Now my heart is so far and my soul so betrayed due to the boy that could impale just like Vlad. I sit in the darkness with a smile on my face because you see I have lost it quite bad. Although the dark is still here, the madness will leave in just a small while, just a tad. And so the sanity I'll swap to get my heart back, to return what I crave oh so bad. To return what he stole, to make myself whole, the boy that drove me mad. Chapter 2 The Killer That Fell In Love I planned to kill her in her sleep, but a face no sculptor could upkeep, and I plunged into her thoughts so deep, without murder or paddle. The next night in the midnight park, I followed her into the dark, but as I aimed the knife, I felt a spark, and that was my battle. I tried to make her fall far down, and on the way she'd snap her crown, but in her eyes I did now drown, and I was shaken like a rattle. I tried to plunge into her jet chest, but I admit she did it best, the girl she was an awful pest, and of this tale I am the tattle. And this beach is where my tale dies, because my sweetheart screams and cries, in my heart this bullet lies, and I'm wasting all away. Because I jumped in front, quite as it were, and my death I should quite prefer. And all this started with murder, 
but she killed for me and I died for her. Chapter 3 The Girl That Saws Herself in Half I think you'd stare, or rather laugh, if I said I'd saw myself in half, because my other half was turning dim. An arm, a leg, not another limb. I'll just cut off what I cannot stand. The ring on my finger, another hand. And when his words are too much to hear, I'll slice and dice and take off my ear. And when your palms become so missed, I'll chop a hand and miss the wrist. So I think you'd stare, or rather laugh, when I said I'd saw myself in half, because my other half, that once was you, began to leave and turn grey too. Chapter 4 In Life She Were a Ghost She rolled her eyes but not to sleep, as her darkness made the death of sheep. In haunted caverns her thoughts did creep, but in life she were a ghost. Like black ravens her thoughts did fly, as with the dead she did well try, from then on she'd rather live than die, but in life she were a ghost. From the moment she inhaled her first few breaths, the child had joined a shibboleth, for she could speak the way of death. Still in life, she were a ghost. She lived inside her haunted shell and drowned in midnight tunes as well. To the dead, she was a southern belle, but in life, she were a ghost. They spoke to her with words of pain as they sobbed and wailed and cried in shame until she caught the ones to blame. Still in life, she were a ghost. In their bloody deaths, they cried. She felt the pain and knives she tried, and caught the killers as they died. Still in life, she were a ghost. Among the tombstones she would sit, with sandstone etching well moonlit, but there did lie chaos in it. Still in life, she were a ghost. Because in blood and death, and too pale skin, the angels' plans were wearing thin, and so did death come closing in, and in life, she were a ghost. So Willow sped down alleys so black and caught too soon her bones did crack and like her father death took her back, still in life she were a ghost. Now her sheets are cold and her palms the most and for a demon she is no host and no tune escapes from that child's grave but a many a life did the poor soul save and in life she were a ghost. Chapter 5. The Couple in the Cabin I think my house just died today, because blood ran from the sink. And I stood in such a sweet dismay, I just didn't know what to think. Still in my sheets I hear your voice and every song you knew. The way you left was not my choice, because damn I would have loved you. The forest's black don't make me quiver and the attic no longer taunts. I tried to make a family bloom, and in this house it forever haunts. I see the basement where you'd stay, and where you'd pace and cry. 
It's almost as sad as my old story, but not a patch on you and I. I've stopped writing now because I am sick and the walls keep talking back and the ceiling likes to turn to stone and my days keep fading to black. My misery has become the plague and not many like disease as I feel my words are becoming vague and your smile is maddening with ease. My life is never what I dreamed and my anxiety nearly double. I should have kept you when you screamed rather than hit you with that shovel. Chapter six, watch me rot. Can you stay? It's just a thought. Will you stay and watch me rot? If we've grown or even fought, and even if I age a lot, can you stay and never go until we are six feet down below, when my thoughts become my foe, and when I can't remember Poe? Can you stay and hold my hand if all of this is not as planned? Will you stay and tell the truth when we are long since past our youth? Can you stay? It's just a thought. Will you stay and watch me rot? I'm rather scared that I will bore you, that I won't breathe and just adore you. Chapter seven, Death and Marcel. Toward a little girl with skin like chalk, Death began his steady walk. He took his time, no bated breath, as she was not afraid of death. Her parents' lungs she could not save, and he marched them to their grisly grave. Death's anxious silence was ever mute, but this sweet child did not dispute. She ran to death as if to grasp, as her years were passing fast, it rotted death right to his core when he found she found a paramour. Her lover was a perennial sweet and her porcelain was felt so damn complete till old man death came swooping in and let the war get under his skin. As old death made him no day older and laid him down a dying soldier. Yet the child only shed but one small tear, because in death she sealed no fear. The girl looked up and then she smiled, because the woman she now was held a child. But no longer after the infant stood, he walked into the dark as quick as he could. Yet the girl walked along with her ethereal glow, although her beloved were buried below. As time went by, she grew silver locks and no more was her skin like chalk. As he took his time, no bated breath, as the woman warmly welcomed death. Why won't you fear me? Asked saddened old death, as he sighed and crouched and took a deep old breath. You dear death, are a dear old friend, because you will always be there for me in the end. And although you're cruel and vile and blue, there really is no one like you. And although her heart was in decay, upon her face Elysium lay. He took them all at her expense, 
to fuel his stone-cold limerets. Up to death, her skin like chalk, the woman began her steady walk. She took her time, no bated breath, as she was always friends with death. In the midst of the dark, there stood a girl that could pull the dead straight out of hell. At noon, she would bring back her cat, Todd, and had a knack for playing God. As the lass had a lair two stories deep, where no soul would dare go hide and seek, for she kept creatures in small jars, and the inventing room seemed quite bizarre. No poor old rat could travel far without them disappearing. She'd stitch and sew, as her colleagues saw, not fazed by all the blood and raw, the child not flinching at what was seen, but what she did would turn Poe green. The ghost in life she did hold dear, and to death her death was closing in near. She shook her head and yanked her back, for playing God she had the knack. She stood so unsettled in the field of death. She came across a baby breath. Upon its leaves the darkness lay and let it live another day. For this child saw no heaven's top as eternal flowers began to drop. She brought them back with no defraud, with her knack of playing God. She dragged her back into her room and opened the shutters in the deep old gloom. She sat her up so blue and red because, of course, the child was dead. She stitched and sewed and zapped and drained, but all of such was done in vain. The child she could not see again, and so the child went mad. And when her sheets were upon her face, and when holy words had given grace... The coffin shook from moors so odd, for she had a knack for playing God.